Welcome to the Envision Together, Going to Our Next Level Fest podcast. I'm your host, Pamela Mashana. Join me on this bi-weekly journey of empowerment, where you'll hear hands-on advice from lifestyle experts, educators, authors, spiritual leaders, and many more who will share tips on how to triumph personally, professionally, and spiritually. We explore timely topics such as overcoming anxiety and fear, educating the reluctant student, cultivating lasting relationships, and strengthening our faith. My hope is that the insights offered on the show will help us envision ourselves using our unique gifts and talents on greater levels for greater purposes. Hello, everyone. I am so delighted to have Gina Mundy join us on Envision Together, going to our next level of best today. She has a unique topic to share. I haven't run across this topic uh, in my time of interviewing these last two and a half, three years. And um, I think we're going to learn a lot, but we're also going to engage in a fun uh, conversation Um, It's a serious topic, but it's one we all need to know more about. I certainly enjoyed uh, learning a bit with our previous conversation, but now we're going to dig in much deeper and I'm ready to hear. So with that, welcome so much, Gina. Will you tell us a little more about yourself? Oh, sure. And Pamela, thank you for having me on today. Um, I've listened to a bunch of your podcasts and stuff and you are awesome and thank you for doing what you do and you know giving um, people like me a platform to talk so I appreciate it so uh, so I'm from uh, Michigan and I have been an attorney for over 20 years specializing in childbirth cases so um, many people don't really know what that means so I'll explain it a little bit more um, yeah so basically during the birth of a child, something goes wrong, whether it's a mistake or a complication. And the result is baby is not born healthy. Mm -hmm. Uh, In some cases, unfortunately, um, baby passes away before childbirth or may pass away after childbirth. And then I've had some very, very sad cases where mom has passed away uh, during childbirth. So my job as the attorney is to come in and find out what went wrong and why. And the most important question that I have to, you know, find an answer to is, you know, what could have been done or what different decisions could have been made? So baby would have been born healthy or mom would have been around to be able to raise her baby. And those are you're you're the attorney for the hospital side. That's correct. So it's a mistake or a complication occurs. And again, you know, and this is different than, you know, naturally sometimes childbirth doesn't turn out like it, you know, it should with the health, you know, healthy baby. And these are, these cases are, they involve mistakes and complications. The families then bring a lawsuit against the hospital and the delivery team. Mm-hmm. And then I am the attorney for the hospital and the delivery team. Okay. So there, there goes my, you know, that's how I start get into the process. I review the records and then whatnot. Um, and then, for the last 20 years, then I travel across the United States meeting with different, you know, doctors, um, nurses, midwives, you know, basically hashing out every aspect of labor and delivery and all of these, you know, different decisions that are made. 
So um, there's there's a little bit more to it. Um, it is in a litigation setting, so obviously there's extensive cross examinations of witnesses and all mm -hmm. that fun stuff that um, you know makes me keeps keeps me sharp because you got to know a lot to <laughs> to be cross examining OBGYNs on a you know regular basis. So uh, anyway, so what I've done is I've taken that knowledge of my experience with childbirth. Um, keep in mind, no, I am an attorney. I have no medical training at all, but I know, um, but you know, my life has been, you know, professionally, all of these mistakes and complications that occur. So I took that knowledge that I've gained from the past 20 years. And that's why I wrote my book, A Parent's Guide to a Safer Childbirth. And the purpose of writing that book is to help parents make sure that these complications and mistakes do not happen during the birth of their children. Because right. when it does, it is absolutely devastating. So instead of getting involved after a mistake has been made during childbirth, my goal now is to get involved before childbirth in hopes that we can prevent the mistakes and complications. Wonderful. Now, wow. So through the, I guess, nine to five job you had <laughs> or have, um, you just learned some things and things came across your path where you said, I can do something more about this to help people. Um, and now you've written this book and you're spreading the word, helping us know I didn't know some of the things uh, that you told me about briefly, but I'm eager to have us uh, share more of those details uh, with my audience. But before we get there, tell me, I mean, a little bit more about who you are. What have, what are some of the things you've experienced in life that would cause you to be so passionate now to be an advocate for others. It's usually we find our call, so to speak, because <laughs> of something in our own lives that we can relate to and it sends us on this hero's journey, so to speak. Um, can you tell us a little bit about things you've experienced that would maybe cause the advocate to rise up in you in this way? Because you were advocating before, but from a different vantage point. This is a different way that you're advocating. Correct. And that event that you're referring to, the life-changing event happened in March, 2021. And mm -hmm. my niece um, was pregnant and she's actually the introduction to the book, uh, mm -hmm. her story. So I know I hate to, I hate to spill the beans, but um, yeah, don't spoil too much, but just, <laughs> well, I don't know if I can finish the podcast without <laughs> telling what happened. Cause it is a very scary story. And obviously it's involving childbirth. Um, she was ready to deliver um, the first baby of our next generation of our family. We have a very close family. Mm -hmm. um, and basically um, there were things that had happened. Um, I was 1100 miles away that day. So I couldn't get to the hospital. Um, which ends up being important kind of in the process of figuring out I needed to write a book. But mm -hmm. um, basically, I got a phone call from my sister. I, well, that day, I'd gotten many, many phone calls, as you will see in the introduction. But I got the one where she was hysterically screaming uh -huh. and just yelling, the baby crashed, the baby crashed. I can barely say those words without squeaking the crack in my voice. I'll never forget that moment. My 
for the rest of my life, my kids were around me. We thought we were getting news that Sam had her baby and it, and it wasn't. So I ran outside. <clears throat> so my family could not hear her screaming. And um, geez, I did not realize it would get this emotional. I've read I wrote the, <laughs> this is all in the book. So I sat out there and I just listened to her cry and we didn't know if the baby was going to be okay. And, um, and it was like, I went from like this legal analysis to this human analysis. And I was like, this is how the families feel. This mm. is how it starts. And I had like this emotional connection to all of these families I've encountered over the last 20 years. And um, I was like, you feel helpless and you're scared. And you know that no decision now is going to change the the past. All you can do is hope and pray at that moment. And that's what we did. I prayed, she cried, and then about, it seemed like forever, but it was probably about 20 minutes later, we got news that the baby was in fact going to be okay. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there was that point where I'm like, oh my goodness, I have kids, I have girls, um, they're 19 and 15, and I have a son um, who's nine, my little fourth grader. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of a sudden, this realization that I may not be around for the birth of my grandkids, you know, and it's not that I may be gone, it might be maybe I'm 1100 miles away from my kids Mm -hmm. that day. And I can tell you how I will prep my children for childbirth is much different than how families probably ordinarily or typically prepare for childbirth. Mm -hmm. Because what I've seen and what I've been through for the last, you know, 20 something years. So that was the event and the emotional connection in my kids. And I I'm like, I just have to start writing. Wow. Um, this is probably too much information, but two weeks within two weeks, I knew I had to write a book. Mm-hmm. Um, and ironically, um, I busted my hand on a treadmill and I couldn't, all I could do basically was walk. I couldn't do anything. Cause they were, they said, if you, if you move, you can, or if you don't move your hand for six weeks, we can try to avoid surgery. Okay. And it's my right hand. Mine do not, um, uh-huh. but I'm an attorney and I dictate. So I was able oh then, for those six weeks to to dictate a large part of that book because really all I could do was take walks and dictate. So I did. And I, I had to do something. I'm like, something really good has to come. Yeah. I'm like, I'm debilitated here. We got to do something. I'm not just going to sit and do nothing and just be in shock and feel sorry for myself. Mm-hmm. So again, probably too much information, but that no. really was a start. And once, once I, I went from attorney to author with the intention on helping prevent these mistakes. I mean, it was, there was so much information I didn't realize that was in my brain Mm -hmm. that can help people. So it was just, there's more, more to know than I I could ever imagined. Wow. I love that. And it even confirms all the more why I would want you to be on our show because you learned something through your life's experiences, even though you were engaged with this, um, I guess, process as from a lawyer point of view, you had a even greater epiphany when it really, really touched home. And now you just have like a plethora of information to share from both sides of it. And now you want to share that with others. You want to make sure not just your family has this protection, but and or this understanding, but that many people will know. And and that's the premise of my show: helping others 
um, go to their next level of best as we do so ourselves. <laughs> so thank you for sharing that and being vulnerable. And um, I mean, you cried and you didn't plan on it, but I think that candid response, again, just shows, I mean, we're all human and, and it's good that we're touched by uh, situations like that. I mean, I would, I would think it's strange if you weren't touched <laughs> by it. Um, so again, thank you for being so uh, transparent. So what has helped you in your own life uh, to overcome the challenge that you mentioned earlier? What's something that when you learn that about, about your niece, how did you help her? How did you help yourself uh, get through that window? We, we know that you found out that the baby was gonna be fine, but were there elements that still needed to be healed from that experience or? That's a great question. And yes, so apparently um, after 20 years of seeing what I've seen and um, apparently I needed therapy and I didn't realize it. So mm. writing my book was probably the best therapy um, okay. that I could have, could have helped me, um, for the first three months. So once I got into the book, um, really got into it, like, okay, what, what does this need to be? What does this need to look like? Um, I actually, every single morning I cried, See, you guys are going to get me into this crying, but <laughs> I cried and I usually am a really strong person, but I'm learning that the strong people actually are maybe the weakest because, you know, my strong personality, uh, I so for the first three months, um, now remember it, it took me 14 months to write this book and it took thousands of hours. So the first three months of me crying every morning to just kind of go through, you know, think of these families, where are they at? Where are they at now? Some of them I haven't seen in 20 years. Mm -hmm. Um, the first for the ones from my, uh, beginning of my career. So, um, so, like I said, 14 months, thousands of hours. Um, but after that crying up, the crying for three months, it was like, at the end, it was like a clarity kind of came through. Mm -hmm. And then it was like this, I was just fueled every morning just to get up and write. It was like the crying was like a, like a catalyst that, mm -hmm. you know, fueled me every day to help families make sure that this does not these mistakes and these complications just don't happen, you know, yeah. during the, you know, birth of their baby. But um, I, the very last acknowledgement in the book is to the families. And I tell them in the book, you know, that I, I prayed for them and that, you know, they did that in big impact on me and that um, I'm hoping that, you know, us maybe learning from their stories will at least, you know, help other families, you know, that's the last part of the acknowledgement, but yeah, definitely the writing the book. Um, and then it's, you know, it's, um, it, it was just the biggest, the biggest therapy for me to kind of come full circle okay. with, you know, with what I do, because it is hard. I mean, I'm, you're talking to families who lost a baby because of a preventable mistake, human right. error took a baby. Right. That is hard. That's that's pain. It's already painful enough to lose a baby or yeah. a child. 
but when it's something that's human error, it's, it's very, mm -hmm. it's, it's a pain I can never explain in words. Wow. Uh, that I've witnessed. I haven't experienced it, but from witnessing it for the 20 years, there are no, it's hard. Yeah. So writing as therapy, again, something I know a lot about. <laughs> yeah. Writing is certainly a form of therapy for me. So I could understand how just, you know, doing that was helpful. It's a cause for so much reflection and what's going on with yourself and uh, even allowing you to analyze what's going on with other people around you that might be affected. So tell us about a specific situation. I know you can't go into great detail uh, because of your profession and, and not being able to, you know, go too far into a case. Um, but what is one of the stories, uh, you told us about your, your niece, but what is, what's one of the stories or even, um, a combination of stories, something you've seen over and over again is so common and it breaks your heart, um, that really, really touched you and moved you. And maybe most of us in society don't even know that that's a thing and people are going through these situations and we're just not privy to it. Right. So there was one um, case that that was very difficult for me. And I actually do mention it in chapter one. Um, but I, it's very vague um, because it is the lesson on epidurals. Mm -hmm. And most moms do get epidurals, um, but got to realize they come with risks. Mm -hmm. And in one of the cases, unfortunately, mom, um, they received an epidural and um, during the procedure passed away. Um, the hard part of that, that I still struggle with today, and I know there's nothing I can do about it, is to this day, the family does not know how mom passed away. Um, it's one of the hardest parts of my job mm. um, is the confidentiality associated with being an attorney for the hospital and the doctors and the nurses. I can't I can't give this family, you know, to this day, the closure that they need. Um, so I, oh, I mentioned that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you you see them struggle and they want answers mm -hmm. and you can't give it to them. It's hard. And that was. Um, are you so, are you able to share with us what about the ep epidural went wrong? I can't. Um, okay. However, I say, yeah. so it's lesson one. So it, I, I mention it, but I wrote an entire chapter on how to have a safe epidural experience. Okay. Based upon that very sad case. So okay. I, I basically do not say any more than that in the case, in the book, I say, listen, a very bad experience. I explain, you know, how I haven't been able to say anything. I even wrote, I even wrote in the book, I'm like, I would love to take newspaper clippings mm -hmm. and glue it to a piece of paper and send it to the family anonymously, but that's mm -hmm. not an option. I cannot do that. Mm -hmm. But what I could do was write, you know, that chapter in my book about epidurals to make sure it never happens again. Okay. Beautiful. Well, thank you for that. Um, in June of 2023, you wrote the book, uh, A Parent's Guide to Safer Childbirth, um, and it was published. 
what do you hope to achieve by putting this book into the world? Again, I know you've touched on some of that, but do you have a big why or big sense of purpose that maybe you haven't told us about? Yeah, I mean, the the main part is just preventing these mistakes and complications. But, you know, again, as we've talked about, too, I mean, as a childbirth attorney, you know, I prepare my family differently than, you know, someone else is going to prepare. But now I literally have taken all of my knowledge <laughs> and understanding to the best I can or thousands of hours um, and months and months and months on end to take what I know in a non-scary format that is simple, very, very direct, because um, that's the kind of person I am, I give you exactly what you need to know. Um, okay. So it's hopefully I'm going to change the way that families prepare for childbirth. Okay. That would be my number one thing. If they can all have a different understanding of what they need to know to make sure they have a healthy baby, yeah. uh, that's definitely, that's it. Yeah, right okay. there. That's a perfect kind of uh, tagline, if you will. <laughs> I'm going to change the way families prepare for childbirth. That's significant. Okay, wonderful. So without spoiling the book, um, what's the course of action that you would say? You found out you're pregnant. The family knows you're pregnant. Do this right away. Right. So I think it's very important. Um, you know, family, but you're right. Mom's pregnant. Oh my goodness. First thing that pops in your head, nursery, where are we going to put the nursery? Absolutely. What are we going to decorate it? What's the crib going to look like? 100%. Oh goodness, <laughs> what stroller am I going to get? Oh my, the car seats. That's our research. That's with her. where my mind goes. Yeah. Right there. Right. And the cute clothes. Oh, it's a girl. There's going to be so yes. many cute little dresses. I'm so excited, but it's, you know, it's more than that. It's actually getting ready for the big day to make sure baby gets her safely. So all of the other stuff that you've planned your entire pregnancy, you know, you can enjoy. But um, so lesson, so all of the lessons from the childbirth cases are listed in chapter one. And then each lesson then is a subsequent chapter. So lesson, or sorry, chapter one, gives you all the different lessons. And literally it's a guide from lesson number one, we need to prepare for childbirth. And that's because that's a lesson mainly from the families. Because I think, you know, we're all guilty of this, you know, bad things only happen to other people. Mm -hmm. So no, 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 no. So the families in these cases always know more about childbirth than before. But it's because they had to learn because they're like, what happened to my baby? Mm -hmm. Why didn't my baby come home? And, you know, what they, they know so much when I end up talking to them years later, because, it, but all that information, if they would have had it at the beginning, you know, maybe it would have been a different outcome right. because you got to remember if moms, moms are the decision maker. No yeah. one's doing a C-section. No one's starting any drugs like Pitocin. No one's, no one's doing anything without mom saying, okay. So yeah. chapter one really guides you, you know, like for instance, your delivery team, they're responsible for bringing your baby safely into this world. You better trust them. You better like them. And by the way, they're usually just, they're, your team are like the people who are scheduled to work that day. So this, you know, book, yeah. this book will help us even better understand what their roles are. 
Oh, absolutely. Okay, yes, good. 100%. Because um, we might know we have this team, but we may not know exactly what this team is supposed to be doing for us or looking out specifically for us. Mm -hmm. But I also want to, um, you say a phrase, uh, preventable, preventable mistakes. Give us an idea of um, where you're going with that. Right. So chapter, mm -hmm. yes. So that's huge. It's it's part of the reason I was able to write the book because there are reoccurring issues and facts in these cases. And every single parent must be aware of what they are so that will help them make better decisions or just help help make sure they can work with their delivery team, you know, to work together to bring, you know, baby into the world safely. So chapter 11 of my book, you know, talks about these top 10 most common facts in a baby case. Number one, most common fact in a baby case is a drug called Pitocin. Pitocin mm -hmm. is a drug that makes mom's uterus contract and basically it induces labor. So these, so if you ever hear the words induction of labor, yeah. they do this by a drug called Pitocin. Okay. Most cases involve this drug. So I've seen the Pitocin inductions gone wrong for over 20 years. So I wrote a chapter on how to have a safe Pitocin induction based upon the mistakes and complications that I've seen over the years. Another very common um, problem, the hospital, the labor and delivery units are, are busy. They're very busy because mm -hmm. remember, babies come when babies want to come. Mm -hmm. They can overtake a unit mm -hmm. quick. So the delivery teams are running hard and they're thin. So in the book, I tell a story, a very sad story, uh, again, in very in general, but mom goes in to have her baby. There were some concerns about the baby, but they were all, ultimately they were reassured enough to leave mom. And so they left for a period of time and the baby's heart rate um, keep in mind babies inside mom. So it's harder to assess how baby is doing, right? Like mom, you look at mom, you're like, oh my goodness, you don't look good. What's wrong? Mom then communicates diagnosis. Great. Baby's different. So a mm -hmm. lot of time, well, the biggest indicator of how baby's doing is their heart rate. Mm -hmm. And then I go over that in my book. It's very important. I can look at a baby's heart rate and I can tell you if that baby is a rock star or if that baby is struggling. Mm -hmm. That's something parents who are rolling up into labor and delivery need to know. Because in that sad case, what happened is there were concerns about the baby's heart rate. And the doctors were reassured, the very busy doctors at that. And when they left, the baby's heart rate stopped grabbing. And no, so at that point, you don't know how baby's doing. But the family at that point didn't understand the importance of that. And they, they just didn't know. So... When the delivery team finally returned, um, they tried to get the baby's heart rate back and there was no heart rate. And they brought in the ultrasound only to learn that the baby had passed away on the labor and delivery unit. Wow. So parents, you need to know the importance of the baby's heart rate. I had an expert testify. It's the only way that baby can talk to the doctors through their heart rate. Mm -hmm. That means if you know, if you know things like I know, like about the heart rate, it's like your baby can talk to you. Or they can talk to dad if you're, you know, you're that enter that different state of mind of labor and delivery, <laughs> trying to give birth to a child. I get it. But, you know, so it's, you know, it's important. So, you know, because if that delivery team would have known that baby was in big trouble, 
then they would have gotten the baby out. That would have been the priority patient, but they were running hard and they just didn't realize it at the time. So, um, you know, so it's like that. And another com, this is an interesting one. I ended up putting together kind of towards the end, all of the complications and mistakes occur after mom's water breaks. Mm -hmm. So baby's in a nice comfy environment for nine months, surrounded by fluid, everything's hunky dory fluid comes out that changes the baby's environment. Sometimes it can make, you know, baby more vulnerable to a problem. So keep in, keep that in mind. It's important because That's the most major time to watch. Yeah. After right after the, the water breaks, you eyes on baby and eyes on you. You want that delivery team paying close attention. You want to be engaged. You want to be speaking their language. And I get it that you're, you're trying to give birth and that's your different state of mind. In my book, I'm like, listen, we all need a baby advocate. So I go over, what is a baby advocate? That's kind of like your second eyes on baby. Since your delivery team can't be sitting there, you know, watching you 24 seven, especially, you know, if the unit's busy, but yeah, like after your water breaks. So the important part of that, um, every problem or issue I bring up in the book, I solve. So the doctor, well, I won't say solve it, but I give you help guide you to do next. <laughs> So if a doctor is like, hey, I would like to break your water, you know, you're you don't say, OK, no, you say or you ask, um, is there a medical reason you want to break my water or do you want to be home for dinner? Like which one? <laughs> break the water. It's going to jumpstart labor. Right. Mm -hmm. So I know of doctors who like to come in at 7 a.m., check on patient, break that water if it's possible. And they're usually home for dinner. So which one? Because once you break that water, again, baby is in a more vulnerable state. Mm -hmm. You need baby. Everyone needs to pay closer attention to baby after that water breaks. So if they want to break your water, it's like, are you going to be right here on the job making sure this is going safely, basically? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to That's your great. team. And then, yeah, like, what are we? Okay, I know now from reading Gina Mundy's book, that this is where babies Crucial. can get into trouble and mistakes and complications can occur. So what are we going to change if you're going to break my water? Or right. is there a reason? Why? Can we just now, keep my water intact and let labor break it itself? You know? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So is it something even where people would just say, let's just wait and let it break naturally? Oh, yeah. I mean, if your doctor is like, recommends breaking your water, but there's maybe a med maybe there's a medical reason because I'll tell you mm -hmm. like on Pitocin, I don't like okay Pitocin scares a baby lawyer like me. Doctors are fine with it. I do know from talking to a lot of doctors because I've always hated Pitocin. So I'm like, can we just do something else besides Pitocin? So if, if you do need, for instance, an induction, um, mm -hmm. some doctors, instead of increasing the Pitocin too much, will actually try to break your water to help jumpstart labor. So then you have breaking water, a little bit of Pitocin. Let's see if that works. So it's a little bit of unnatural and natural together. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why. And, and that's something you and your doctor, you know, every patient's different would need to talk about. But if it's just doctor who wants to come in and break water and, you know, you don't know. Game, my, right. my sister, you know, that's what happened to her. Broke her water. And the doctor was honest. Doctor's like, I got a soccer game. You know, I'm like, oh, wow. I don't know how. And at that point, you know, hopefully after nine months, you find a doctor who won't tell you that. But <laughs> wow. <laughs> Boy. I, and you know what? You're just giving us a few little nuggets. So I can just imagine 
um, how much more information the audience is going to be able to delve into. I've been able to peruse it a bit and get some of the information that helped me um, even come up with our questions today. But um, it's just packed with information uh, that's need to know before you get pregnant and while you're pregnant. <laughs> yes. All the way and I'll tell you, to, this is not just expect, you, expecting moms. You know who the biggest readers are? I don't know mm -hmm. the biggest readers, but they love to leave me reviews and notes. Grandmas, expecting grandmas. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Think about it. It makes sense. I wrote this book. Technically, it oh. all came because I was writing it to my kids. So my grandkids would be healthy. I see. So, yes, it's like, so it's just it it's funny. So much grandma. feedback from grandmas. And I'm like, at first <laughs> I was thrown off. And then I'm like, duh, I wrote That's the beautiful. book as a grandma. Like, so, you know, a one day grandma. So I was like, that makes sense. <laughs> so it's a great book club uh, book for um, mature women's groups. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. You've already told us, but I asked all my guests this question. Let's be a bridge for the audience. And um, although you shared a lot of wonderful things already and people are going to be able to get so much more in your book, what final gem, if people just, I don't know, suddenly have an amnesia and they forget the majority of this wonderful conversation, like it's hard to move for me to believe that could ever happen, but let's just say it did. <laughs> What's the one jam you're like, people just don't forget this one for sure. That moment after birth, when you hold your baby or your grandbaby for the very first time, it's that powerful moment when you get to touch and you get to look at them. And it's, it's life-changing because you never, ever stop being a parent. Whether you might turn into your child's best friend or whatnot, you're still, you'll still guide them through life. Today, my parents still continue to guide me. Yeah, but same. <laughs> I know, right? And it's a, it's a moment that um you want to last forever and to be the start of your life and to be the start of something great Aww. so just always going to that that moment and just remembering that just getting ready for that moment is so important because in many of these cases these families were only one decision away and or sometimes just mere minutes from a healthy baby wow. so just understanding the, you know, the need to be ready for that big day and to make decisions and to know what to do um, will help you enjoy that powerful moment, no matter, or if you're a family friend who's just, you know, just mm -hmm. because you may not be blood related. It's like, I, I have many of those I consider, you know, people to be family. So, you know, it's family, grandparents, expecting parents, um, just make sure you're ready for that moment. That is so beautiful. Um, your book is helping everyone get ready for that moment, but your gem, your nugget that you're leaving us with is relish the moment. Once you do get there, you read Gina's book, 
you're watching all these things, you have the safe delivery, and then you have that moment when they're first put in your arms. Cherish mm-hmm. it, treasure yeah. it, relish it. No, it's the beginning Wonderful. of something great. I love that. Okay. So um, this is the time in my show when I ask you to go ahead and share with my audience whatever you'd like them to know about how to get in touch with you, have you as a speaker, get a hold of your book. Um, We're going to put that in our show notes, but you can also share it uh, verbally now. Thank you. So the best way is ginamundy.com, G-I-N-A-M-U-N-D-Y.com. So chapter one, that super important chapter that we talked about, that is on my website for free. You literally can download it and send it out. It is the lessons everybody needs to know. Um, and then I don't know how long it will be up there, but I threw Baby Advocate up there, the chapter seven, um, because it is an important chapter. Um, but I was in a podcast. I'm like, you know, it's so important. I'll just put that on a website for a while. So that is also up there right now. And then I have also started a blog because, you know, as I've gone through and I get on a podcast or I'm reading my book and I'm like, oh, there's... I, I should have included that in the book. <laughs> then I, I do my blog, right? So it's like the okay. supplement. To, yeah. So I've been doing this blog. And of course, just like the book, I'm like, oh, I got this idea and I got this. So I, now I have way too many blogs. I don't even know what to do with. So it's like a continuation. And obviously the bo- blogs are free. So if you just even want to like log on and or not log on, but just go to ginamoney.com and just check out the blogs. And then... um you can, there's a button that'll take you right to Amazon and you, that's where my book is right now for sale. Um, or you could go to Amazon and then put my name in the search bar. However, I will warn you, um, the other pregnancy books are on to me. So if you put Gina Monday in the search bar, sometimes you have to scroll down to get to my book because they're paying now to be above me. <laughs> so oh sometimes, yeah, it depends later in the day. Um, it doesn't seem to happen as much as like first thing because usually you have a, a marketing budget in these books. And I'm like, really? I'm like, leave my book alone. So if that happens, just scroll down. Or you can also um, just put in the search bar, a parent's guide to a safer childbirth. And that, you know, that brings it up too. Wonderful. And you know what? I really enjoy this conversation. And I say it that way because it's a, a tough conversation. It's talking a little bit about sad things that have happened, but because the conversation is balanced with your experience and expertise and giving some nuggets to the audience, um, it's made it enjoyable because I've learned, I've learned through this very conversation. (laughs) And, um, And it was fun because we had some things that we resonated with both of us and it was funny just about life and how we relate to parents or, or things like that. I really, really appreciate you. Um, I, your person comes across, your heart comes across. And um, it's my prayer that as you endeavor to get this book out there to help others, uh, that you're blessed back because of it. Um, and uh, thanks so much for uh, being a guest on my show. Thank you, Pamela. I appreciate you. Of course. Well, friends, thanks for joining me for another episode of the Envision Together Going to Our Next Level of Best podcast. 
I hope today's topic inspired you to envision a brighter future getting to your next level of best and to urge others to reach theirs as well. If you are encouraged by today's episode, subscribe and share it with your family and friends. Also, please write a review. It will help me to reach a wider audience with a message of hope and inspiration. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and share your thoughts about today's episode. Until next time, envision the future you want to see.